All-Star weekend has come and gone, and the Pels didn't have anyone playing in the big game on Sunday, but a whole lot happened around the team. Let's look at Jordan Hawkins and his play in the Rising Stars game, the Pelicans making a signing to fill a roster spot, and more in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go! You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at NOLA Jake on Twitter. Here with y'all on this Tuesday, still no games, still in all-star break mode, everyone getting some rest, except not here. Because we are the number one Pelicans podcast here Monday through Friday, breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team. Become an everydayer and subscribe wherever you get your podcast in on YouTube. Listen Monday through Friday. And if you're not an everydayer, I don't know, try, try becoming one or listening like two or three days a week. And of course, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We are here Monday through Friday, breaking down everything you want to know about this Team. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use code all lowercase locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. So the Pelicans, it was actually kind of like a quiet week, huh? Quiet weekend for the Pelicans in terms of all star break, which I don't particularly mind. I actually think this was maybe a good thing that you didn't really need to see Zion doing a bunch of stuff or Brain Ingram doing a bunch of stuff. CJ McCollum was there at All-Star Weekend, kind of in his role with the NBA Players Association, but not doing anything kind of stressful, probably getting good rest and just enjoying himself. Given the team looked exhausted, I think at times, towards the end, right before the All-Star break, totally cool with this. I like the national shine being on the team. I like people caring about the team, kind of promoting themselves. But also, I want to see this team in the playoffs and playing the best basketball they can possibly play. And rest is a big part of that. Rest, by the way, which has kept this team, for the most part, healthy all season long. So not playing, not being involved in all of this, kind of staying out of the limelight. I am very cool with all of that happening right now. But one guy did play. And that was Jordan Hawkins. He was in the Rising Stars game, which I like the new format of this. Three teams in a G League team. And you mix them up. They play a little bit of a tournament there. There's two semifinal games and they go on to the finals. And Jordan Hawkins was playing for Team Jalen, Jalen Rose. And honestly played a significant role. I'll be honest. I didn't think that he was going to have kind of this sort of role to play on this team. Usually like one guy kind of takes over these games for each team. And like that's that. You just kind of feed the hot hand. And it didn't help that he was playing on a team with Ben Matherin, right? This was in Indianapolis. Matherin plays for the Indiana Pacers. Was actually named the MVP of the Rising Stars game, which Jose Alvarado took home just a year ago. But you play to a target score in this. So you're playing to 40 points, a first to 40 wins. And it creates this sense of urgency, which I like about that, right? The second you get a little bit closer to that, these teams kind of ratchet up the intensity there, unlike the actual All-Star game. So in the first game, you saw... Jordan Hawkins come in and like just immediately provide a spark off the bench in a way that I wasn't expecting. Seven points for him, um, two assists, and he was great in this one. Like just frankly 
great. Two assists, five rebounds as well. Just looking really sharp as he came in and kind of played an excellent role off the bench. You know, giving them seven points, kind of getting them closer and closer to that target score and kind of a spark plug there. Same thing in the finals against Team Detlef, Detlef Schremm, formerly of the Seattle Supersonics and the Indiana Pacers. He came off the bench again, just five points here, but also two assists. The two assists being to Derek Lively the second, the center out of the Dallas Mavericks, which I think is maybe the thing to look at the most, right? You see that, and we'll get into this in a sec here, that Jordan Hawkins not getting tons of minutes, if any minutes, for the New Orleans Pelicans right now. More on that, I promise. So you know that when he plays, he's going to need to play around Zion Williamson. He's not going to kind of be a guy kind of anchoring a, a lineup by himself. He's going to be playing with a big man because that spacing is really important. Well, if he's dishing assists to Derek Lively, and again, this is not an actual NBA game, the defense... In this, better than the All-Star game, though lacking, you know, when you look at all of that here, it's nice to see him kind of showing off a little bit more. You know, I thought he did a good job of showing off that he's more than just a shooter, right? The rebounds in the first game were particularly impressive. That's something that he's done here in New Orleans. You've seen him with a little bit of an off-the-dribble game. He needs a better handle, but he's got a little bit of an off-the-dribble game that shows he can score in a variety of other ways. He just plays taller than he actually is. He, I thought, was a very good fit for this team in terms of the shooting and being a movement shooter, the way he works off ball, the way he relocates, the way he can catch a pass and immediately launch it. But he's shown that he's far more, there's more aspects to him as a player than I was expecting. And I've been very pleased with what we've seen from him thus far. Tries on defense, even if he's not good on that side of the ball. You know, and during this, you saw Jalen Rose tap him on the shoulder when he's talking to some of these guys and be like, you can play on Sunday, meaning the actual All-Star game. You one day could be an All-Star. And that was a really cool moment for the rookie. So we'll go more into Hawkins and head coach Willie Green in tomorrow's show. Because tomorrow's show, by the way, is going to be all about Willie Green. Adjustments, lack thereof. There is some of that's by design. Some of that's by design, I think of why you're not seeing some changes and things like that. And I want to kind of get into, you know, potentially Willie Green's thought process and the the thought process and kind of rationale behind what you're seeing when you want to see certain things, right? Because it was funny. Lizzie of the Pels 12 pointed out on social media that the Pelicans were like hyping up Jordan Hawkins during this game. Look, they should be doing that, but don't actually play him in games. So like, what the heck, right? We'll get into more of that. It'll really tie into why Jordan Hawkins isn't playing. That's going to be coming in tomorrow's episode of Locked On Pelicans. I always laugh. Social media people like do not run the team. They literally just post things on like social media and come up with a content strategy with all of that. The Bucks, I think during the trade deadline had to like tweet out like the social media team does not make trades or not not make trades depending on what you wanted to happen during all of that. And it's always funny when that when that happens, right? But no, it was kind of, it, it, there's some irony there, absolutely, of them posting highlights of Hawkins being, look at this dude. I don't know, them play him, right? It was like when Stan Van Gundy would be broadcasting Pelicans games. I think it was like Nikhil Alexander Walker or something like that. Maybe it was before that. And was like, hi, I don't know why they don't play this guy more. He's good. Or they should have been playing these younger guys more and they never did. And it was like, wait, dude, you were the coach and didn't play that guy either. Like the call is coming from inside the house, right? It's kind of what we're looking at there. But Hawkins played well. I think he kind of like reestablished himself a little bit in the minds of others that, yeah, this guy's good. 
and show it off a multifaceted game, not just coming in and trying to shoot, but kind of play team basketball in a setting that really encourages you to kind of be selfish. Love to see that from the rookie here. So coming up next, Pelicans finalized their roster, most likely going into the stretch run here, 27 more games. Who'd they sign? Why'd they sign him out of all the players available? Let's break that down. That's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Right now, though, I'm excited to tell you about prize picks because right now on prize picks, you can win up to 100 times your money with as little as four correct picks. You can turn $10 into $1,000. Prize picks is America's number one fantasy sports app with over 3 million members. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS because it's just you versus the numbers. You pick more or less on the stat projection for two to six players, and then you watch the winnings roll in. Prize picks is really simple to play, and you can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They offer quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and enormous selection of players and stat types are what makes PrizePicks the number one daily fantasy sports app. So go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use code LockedOnNBA, all lowercase, for a first-time deposit match up to $100. Again, that is a first deposit match up to $100 free money right there when you go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use code LockedOnNBA. And it's prize picks. It's pick more, pick less. It's that easy. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday, the number one Pelicans podcast, breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Stretch run for the season. It's going to be a fun one. The Pelicans are looking good. We'll have more on Willie Green. Job security in that in tomorrow's episode for the everydayers. Why isn't he playing Hawkins? Why aren't they like mixing things up more when the starters aren't playing well? All of that I'm going to dive into in tomorrow's episode of Lockdown Pelicans. You don't want to miss that one, I promise you. So make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or just follow along on YouTube. You'll get notified whenever the show goes live. On YouTube, the show comes out earlier than it does on the podcast side of things as well. So let's keep going here. The Pelicans made an official signing over the break here, finalizing a roster spot that they needed to do. And they elevated, basically, they converted Jeremiah Robinson Earl, who's on a two-way deal for the Pelicans, into a standard NBA contract. They had to get to 14 guys on the roster. And this was the way they do it. They did it. They could hold it with a 10-day for a little bit, but you got to sign somebody. They decided to elevate two-way player Jeremiah Robinson Earl. So why'd they choose him over someone like Matt Ryan, right? Or Darion Sebron, or just go and sign someone else? Well, there's a couple of things here. The first and foremost is this. I don't think it matters. I don't think it really mattered who they signed, truly, to be honest with you, right? This is the stretch run of the season. We've seen that in the wake of the Dyson Daniels injury, that Willie Green says he's likely just going to kind of keep the same rotation and just kind of cut a man out, right? They're, they're going to run nine guys in the rotation for the most part going forward. Every now and then you'll see someone else get in, but they're basically going to be playing mainly nine guys a significant portion of the minutes here. And this will tie into what we're going to talk about tomorrow, right? Like, are you tinkering with 27 games to go? Or are you trying to just lock in and, and do what you do best and kind of play your best version of basketball? Your 14th man, right, which is what this was, I guess it's 13th if you're looking at the Dyson Daniels injury here, you know, isn't going to get minutes. Just isn't going to get minutes. They're not going to play, right? Your 10th man isn't going to get 
minutes, right? There's guys on this team that we think are good that aren't going to get significant playing time right now. So like Jordan Hawkins. So whoever you sign here, does it truly matter? Probably not. So while I'm sure a lot of people wanted to see, uh, not Trey Murphy, sorry, Matt Ryan get that spot because of the three-point shooting, you know, if you were signing Matt Ryan, does that mean you weren't going to play Jordan Hawkins or would you just rather play Jordan Hawkins over Matt Ryan? Right. Like when you come down to it in terms of like the position of need, that's where I think this really starts to come into play. Right. If you need a shooter. You got one on the bench and Jordan Hawkins. That's not playing. Do you need two in Jordan Hawkins and Matt Ryan? Probably not. That seems a little bit superfluous here. But do you maybe need another big man? Yeah, I, I can see that, right? Their big man rotation right now is kind of three guys for the most part. You know, it's Zion Williamson starting alongside Jonas Valanciunas. And then you have Larry Nance Jr. come in and basically play those backup center minutes. And every now and then, you know, you get minutes for Cody Zeller or maybe Trey or B.I. will play the four, whatever it might be. But for the most part, right, like it's those three guys. So you're what that basically says to me is, this is a position where they just needed a little bit more depth, right? You've seen Jonas Valanciunas deal with a bit of a hamstring injury or be a little bit banged up more than he'd been in the past. Larry Nance Jr. is finally healthy after like two seasons of not being healthy. Look, Zion Williamson has stayed healthy this year. We hope, I'm literally knocking on wood, continues to be healthy here. So it's all gone well here, but you're one one injury away from playing Cody Zeller significant minutes. And look, I love Cody Zeller. I think he's played particularly well this year in the run that he's gotten. But do you do you want to rely on Cody Zeller? It's not a shot at him, but I don't think any of us particularly want that, right? You know, I don't even think the Pelicans want that necessarily. So I think when you look at this, this just gives you a little bit more insurance, right? Do you have another switchable center, another switchable big that can kind of play on the perimeter should Larry Nance Jr. get hurt? And they don't, right? Then you can sign Jeremiah Robinson Earl at six foot nine, a little bit smaller, but moves well side to side, kind of has some of that like lateral quickness and other things that you're looking for here. You know, he's got a bit of a three point shot shooting 36%, you know, Per from the field or from three this season, one attempt per game, not much. You know, he's only averaging 3.7 points per game, giving you 2.3 rebounds. It's not doing anything crazy, but he's not been like atrocious, atrocious in the minutes that they've given him. You don't want him playing significant minutes. So hopefully this is just more of an insurance thing than anything else. And I think ultimately that's why they decided to go this route, this direction. It's also a move that means you're not locked into really anything in like the future here. You know, we talked about it in yesterday's show about when you're kind of like choosing, looking at the salary cap for the Pelicans, it gets expensive next year. You don't want to put more long-term money on the books or anything like that. If you're going to go try and grab a buyout guy, they're going to cost more than Jeremiah Robinson Earl would. They were already really pushing the luxury tax here. Let me see if I can find out exactly where they are right now after this move here. So getting a guy like could have put you into the, the luxury tax. And I don't think this was a move that, you know, you really wanted to be doing that for or anything like that. So you kind of had to tread a little bit lightly here in terms of the luxury tax. Right now, it's looking like they have $650,000 until they were to hit the luxury tax, right? So basically, I'm making a little bit more 
could have put them over the edge here. So this was slightly a cheap move, slightly a cheap move, but I do think it checks off kind of a slight need, a very big insurance need, just in case kind of need thing here. And I think that works. And I think that's totally fine of promoting him to the active roster and converting him to a standard contract here. But ultimately, like I said in the beginning of this segment, it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter. I like that they're doing kind of the smart thing here. I like how Matt Ryan has played this season. But again, do you want him playing over Jordan Hawkins? Jeremiah Robinson Earl is also a guy that it seems like Willie Green might trust. That can be a good and bad thing, right? Like that can be a good and bad thing depending on what. But look, they started Jeremiah Robinson Earl in literally the first game where he played minutes for New Orleans, which was a little bit surprising, you know, in place of... Zion Williamson in that game against Minnesota. They didn't play him again, but he almost played 30 minutes in that. It's a guy who's got some NBA experience under his belt, you know, has played minutes before with the Oklahoma City Thunder, right? Has started some games in the NBA. This is a guy who coming into the season started 56 games. It's a guy that you just kind of trust a little bit more, I think, than other guys. And as you gear up for a playoff run here, and they are, right? They're in the thick of this now. I think having someone you your head coach at least trusts, I think, is a good thing. We'll see what this means for a guy like Carlo Makovic, right? We don't know necessarily what that is yet. It seems like he's been here in New Orleans practicing with the team. We'll see what they end up doing with that as we get closer to the end of the regular season, if anything, or if they just kind of wanted him around or to maybe evaluate him. But I think this is probably the smartest move. If they had signed Carlo, look, he wasn't going to be getting minutes anyway. You're not going to just throw a guy in like that. I think because you want to make the playoffs, because you want to have the best team possible in said playoffs, this is probably the way to go with it all. So coming up next, a couple other notes from All-Star Weekend. Let's hear, well, not hear, but let's talk about C.J. McCollum's comments on Zion Williamson, which I thought were illuminating, and if you read between the lines on that, actually really encouraging, too. You had a cool moment for Trey Murphy that you might have missed as well, and then some with Draymond Green, that good or bad. Coming up here next, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Right now, though, I'm here to tell you about BetterHelp because this episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Sometimes we all need the opportunity to get something off of our chest. Big or small, certain things can really start to get to you, and it's important to let that out, especially to someone who's unbiased in your life. So today, I'm going to say how I really feel about something. You might even be thinking the same thing. You're probably not. I don't exactly hate some of what Willie Green is doing right now. And I actually kind of like it. And I'm going to explain it more in tomorrow's show. Okay. So whatever it is that you're feeling here, therapy can help you with that, right? It might be something deeper than sports, but having someone that you can talk to is something that's really important when it comes to everything. So therapy can be different for everybody. Most of us have bigger concerns, bigger problems than our favorite sports team, and it's important to get things off your chest every once in a while. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be flexible and suited to your schedule. Visit betterhelp.com slash LockedOnNBA to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash locked on NBA to get started. And thank you for making Lockdown Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday, the number one Pelicans podcast, breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team. 
Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Tell a friend about the show. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So we're here Monday through Friday. Get them clued in. Share the podcast. Get more people listening. It's the number one way you can help the show, along with commenting down below on YouTube, which so many of y'all do on a daily basis. I'll give you a shout out maybe in tomorrow's show, too, to a number of y'all. I see y'all. Don't worry. But let's wrap up this episode here. A couple more things that I think were worth noting from over the weekend of All-Star break, which just didn't involve the Pelicans. And you know what? It was kind of cool to take it a little bit easy. I bet you all enjoyed a break as well. So on ESPN, talking to Kendrick Perkins, CJ McCollum shared some comments about Zion. Perkins basically asked if Zion cared about being great. Does Zion Williamson want to be a great player? Somewhat of a valid question, or does he just want to make a bunch of money in the NBA and be an NBA player, right? Like, that's a thing, too. So CJ said his actions show, quote, that he absolutely cares, end quote. You know, he CJ went on to say that they were kind of talking about their post-All-Star break approach, coming out of the break starting Thursday, right? They play a bunch of games. They got three games in four nights right out of the break. They got a back-to-back to start and then a game on Sunday. You play Friday, or sorry, Thursday, Friday, off Saturday, then on Sunday. It's a lot before things ease up a little bit. And then Zion was like, yeah, I'm going to go get treatment. Then I'm going to go lift weights, then basically go and play golf. And CJ said, quote, you're talking about a guy that's locked in and understanding that you get your work in first, end quote. It's not Zion just partying during all-star break and going off and doing whatever. He's taking this seriously, knowing that you've got to get your treatment, You got to go then lift weights. You got to get some practice in and then go just kind of recover, recuperate, whatever that might be for Zion. He said it is golf. All right. That works for me. Not in Cabo party, not in Cancun or anything like that. He's just kind of like in New Orleans or wherever he is doing the work and then going to go relax a little bit, get your mind right, give yourself a break from the grind and everything, but still take it seriously enough. Like, I love that, right? Like, I don't think CJ would would say this if it wasn't true. If you remember two years ago, after CJ McCollum was traded to New Orleans and during that all-star break when he's like, no, I haven't talked to Zion yet because Zion was off in Portland, right? Um, in Oregon, kind of rehabbing his his foot injury away from the team. And CJ called him out, called him out. And it got Zion to talk to him, right? It got Zion probably to come back to the team sooner rather than later, which I think was a good thing too. And so if CJ really wanted to kind of like push Zion or motivate him in a certain way, he could have used this opportunity to do so and he did not. He's done it before. There was no reason why he couldn't do it again. So looking at this, I'd say this like says a lot about kind of how he feels about Zion Williamson and as someone who's motivated Zion and probably didn't love what he saw from Zion before for him to go out and say only positive things about Zion Williamson. It's like two thumbs up in our book right there with everything. Two more quick notes here. Over the break here, Trey Murphy got his jersey retired from Cary Academy over in North Carolina. Very cool moment to see uh, for him, uh, I'm sure. I'm sure it's going to come back and motivate him a little bit more. Hopefully, he gets out of that slump here. And then finally, while talking to Charles Barkley, Charles Barkley was talking about the Pelicans saying they're one of the deepest teams in the league and how nobody probably wants to, you know, play that team healthy in the playoffs, right? CJ even said, I don't think anyone wants to play us healthy in the playoffs here. And then Draymond Green, as he often does, and he don't like this team at all, right? Comes out and says like, no, no one's worried about the Pelicans. No one's worried about New Orleans. It's an insult, right? Like, 
one that I think the Pelicans should hear and try and use and, you know, to motivate themselves. Like that was a shot, right? You're catching strays there that you don't need to catch. Like, come on now, you know, for a team that's beaten the Warriors pretty badly at times this year, you know, that's basically tied for fifth in the West with the Phoenix Suns. That's not exactly what you want to hear. But also, I think it makes some sense, right? I'm not saying that the Pelicans are bad or that teams shouldn't be scared of them. I think there are plenty of teams that should be scared of them, but they probably don't think that. Let me ask you this. Are you scared of Minnesota? I'm not scared of Minnesota. It doesn't sound like CJ was scared of Minnesota either. It's There's a number of teams that haven't proven it, and the Pelicans are one of those teams, right? The Thunder are kind of in there, but I think people actually trust them a little bit more, but they're young, unproven. Minnesota hasn't done anything in the playoffs. Neither really have the Pelicans, right? And then you look at the Golden State Warriors playing some very good basketball going into the All-Star break, and all of a sudden people are like, watch out for them. Like, watch out for the Golden State Warriors. They're saying that because, well, that team has done it before. And they are admittedly playing better. Clay coming off the bench is really working for them. And they're 8-2 in their last 10 games, something they really need. But also, they have looked horrible at times this year. Is that a stretch of schedule? Is it a little bit of play? Or are they going to kind of revert to being a team that is 27-26? and 26? Right. New Orleans, on the other hand, seven and three going into the all star break over their last 10. They've looked really good. I think they're eight and one or something like that, actually going into the break. They've looked particularly great. And so when you look at it like that, teams just aren't respecting the teams that haven't been there before. Right. You see the Clippers getting a lot of credit because Kawhi Leonard has done it before. Denver Nuggets fourth. Right. They just won the title. You trust that team. For whatever reason, there's still a lot of trust for the Golden State Warriors. You don't count the Lakers out because of LeBron James. There's some proven commodities, quantities, known entities there with things. A lot of these other teams don't have it. So the Pelicans kind of flying under the radar and not being respected like that makes total sense to me. Use that as motivation. Prove a point. Get people to not think that way because of that. That should motivate this team, and hopefully it does. Let me know what you think about Draymond Green's comments uh, down below here on you. I was going to say, let me know what you think about Draymond Green's comments in the comments down below on YouTube. And that's kind of weird sounding, but you know what I'm trying to say. So tomorrow we are going to look at Willie Green making adjustments, not making adjustments. Maybe they shouldn't change things. I'll explain. We're going to fire you up in tomorrow's episode of Locked on Pelicans, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Do not miss it. As always, I'm your host. Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and I'll be back with y'all then.